Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L I V by Advantia. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition <laughs> of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago on a beautiful summer day. How you doing, my friend? With me, the Podfather, Doug Tonus. What's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. I loved, I loved our start to this, where I described how it would take you 30 seconds after our coordinated start, and that did exactly that. It was amazing. Doug- the public does not need to know that. The public always needs why, to know. Why, why are you pulling over? The public the, needs to know. I want to start off with saying Warriors one and six. I, I tweeted Warriors and six. That's... Uh, really? I had the, I had them in seven. Uh, so I was just off another game, remarkably close. In the back of the bus, way at the end, we see our our, our good friend. Is that is that who I think it is from Australia? Live from Australia, Mark K from Australia. How you doing, brother? Mount Makoa. What's going on, my friend? Mount McCall. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, Frederick. How are you? How, g'day, Doug. How are you, mate? Um, Living the dream. Happy to be back on the bus. Yes, this is great, man. I, I'm so excited to have you back on. We really haven't had a chance to gang up on you and berate you about your uh, Vooch apologies. <laughs> I, I don't know how you are like sitting there becoming the biggest like, Vooch hater in the world. Like, like You're like one good Vooch three-point shooting game away yeah, from man. being back on the bandwagon. Well, that's right. I think he's, he's got a lot of talent. He's a good, he's a good <laughs> rebounder. Uh, outside of that, he sucks. Let's get to business right away because we have limited time here. And a lot of the news that's out there right now is a r- proposed trade for Rudy Gobert, which I am very bullish on, believe it or not. Uh, I haven't heard your thoughts on this, Mark. I read an excellent, uh, excellent article by your colleague, Will Gottlieb, on uh, Vooch and proposing you mm-hmm. know, why he wants to go ahead with it. And I'm in complete agreement on that. But I'd like to get your thoughts. We'll start out with you before I get to you, Doug. Mark K from Australia, yes or no to bringing in um, Rudy Gobert? Well, I mean, can we, can we clarify what the trade would potentially be? I think that helps determine this for the listeners before saying yes or no for Rudy Gobert. I mean, if it was a one-for-one type deal, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, why, why not? But, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Are we talking about a deal that involves Patrick Williams and some other pieces? Because that's what's been floated out there as, as a rumor. I don't put much... Uh, I don't substantiate that rumor much, but uh, to clarify, is that what you're referring to? Well, let's start out. Let's start out with this option. Let's start out with just throwing out Vooch, Kobe White, and the and an the, and the 18th overall pick to get him here. Let's start out with that option. Would you make that trade? Hmm. I would think about it. I would certainly think about it. Um, would Utah make that trade? Maybe that's the most important question. I don't well, think they would. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think they would either. I'm just throwing it out there because I'm shocked people respond, I don't know, to that option. Like, what? Why? Like, give me a reason why you're not comfortable moving the 18th, uh, 18th overall pick in the first round so, uh, for him. So my issue is not the 18th pick. It's not Kobe White. I don't care about Kobe White. He can go in any trade that makes sense. And it's not Vooch. even Vooch. Um, and just because not I'm... even Vooch. <laughs> no, because I'm branded as the Vooch apologist and somewhat because I say I am, but also because that's what Frederick labels me as. But it's not because... because that's what you are. <laughs> no, it's not. Just because I'm saying I don't want to trade Vooch in a Gobert trade doesn't mean I, it's because I think Vooch is better than Gobert. So so it's very clear to you, Frederick. I, I don't think uh, Vooch is better than Gobert, but what scares me 
you know, so much about Rudy Gobert is that contract. And I think that is reasonably on, on a path to being the worst contract in the NBA. So I know there's been a lot of consternation, consternation amongst the fan base about, you know, giving Zach Levine a max contract. But I mean, Rudy Gobert still has four years and like 170, $180 million left on his deal. And he's 30 years of age when the season starts up again. So like, I don't know. I just don't, fundamentally, I don't agree in paying centers that, that amount of money. So I can't necessarily support that, that logic. And then also, you know, suggest go out there and trade for Rudy, but go bear. So for me, it's not about the number 18th pick. It's not about including Vooch in a deal. It's about, do I really want to be paying, you know, a 32, 33, 34 year old Rudy Gobert, you know, $45 million, $48 million, whatever it is at the back end of his deal. And I don't really want to be doing that. Doug Tonus, the, the podfather. What's well, the, I think the first trade you mentioned of Kobe, the 18, and Vooch, you just do. I, I completely agree with March, Mark's. I'm sorry, did I just call you Marky Mark? I agree with that. I agree with <laughs> That's Mark. what he's been called on Twitter. I, I just like stumbled into that by accident. My apologies. <laughs> Thanks, BC. I, um, I, I agree with Mark's view that that contract is potentially really bad. Potentially. But you just do it. Like you, You've gone into this all in, I want to win now era and what else are you gonna do that's better than that like you're just nothing there's like nothing else you're gonna do that's gonna help immediately with the needs you have and cost you so little if you could get a trade done for that price you know Vooch is not helping the team like everything he does would be better with Gobert you know at least last year unless he unless he makes a big turnaround which is possible like I think we probably all three even even myself as the big Vooch hater probably all three of us think he'll shoot at least a little better this year than last year Uh, I don't know but but generally, um, yeah, I think I think he would he'd replace center, so he upgrades Vooch massively, and then the eighteen and Kobe, you just don't expect anything. Get out, and yeah, you're now stuck in this lousy contract situation. But I just don't know what else you're going to do if you're the Bulls right here. You have a very short timeline to try to make something happen. I just don't see something better coming down the pipe. I guess so. I would I would do that. I agree with the concerns that at the end of this, it might bite you. But Gobert is like from an impact perspective, a lot of the metrics would have him as like a top. 10, 15 player in the league in terms of impact on wins and losses. And he impacts the, the game in a way that we directly very much need, like in a way we have a huge weakness at. So, you know, with that combined, I think, I think it would help. There's a little bit of Ben Wallace shades of Ben Wallace fear of like signing an aging center to that kind of deal. But I would, I would, I can't think of anything you could do that'd be better based on the direction the team is going. Is he younger and more athletic than Vooch? Who are you? Are, are you mean, Garth Foreman? No, is no. he younger and more athletic? I mean, that's what we want I mean, him to is be, he right? Paid $140 million more over the next four years? Also, yes. Well, yeah, because so. he's, he's probably, arguably, along with Embiid, the best defensive center in the league. Can we all agree on that? Like, He's, he's probably the best defensive center in the league. I mean, he's... Uh, I'd say Embiid might have a battle with him there. I mean, to me, big picture, like, I keep on hearing this focus on the 18th overall pick. And to me, like, you I don't think anyone pick. cares about the 18th pick. And if they do, we don't need to discuss it. I mean, the 18th pick projects into maybe though? a role player. That's right. So That's I'm saying point. we don't need to discuss it. It's irrelevant. It's a stupid thing to worry about. Like, it's what Mark said is exactly right. You're, you're worried about that. Like, is he just a bad deal? Did you just trade for an al- albatross? Did you just, like, double down on the idiocy you made with Vooch, trade for a different 30 year old center with a big contract, and give up a bunch of assets to do it? Like that that's the concern. It's not that the eighteenth pick is so valuable. It's it's that you might have just traded for one of the worst contracts in the league. And Zach Levine might sign like the second worst contract in the league this summer, like if we want to be honest with ourselves. So 
you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation for the bulls to win around two, two deals like that. I think. What, what part of Vooch's game is better than Rudy Gobert's? None. Like He's that. a 20 year expiring deal, but who cares? None. Like, yeah, that's my biggest point. Like I, I still no, think no one is saying arguing, you're, you're, there you're are people everything. arguing this. There are people arguing. Not on this Vooch's, podcast. There's not, well, not on this podcast, but there's a lot of people listening to this show who's going to, who are going to argue that Vooch, he creates space. He can hit the three pointer and he's much, he's much more better equipped to perform out in the perimeter than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert doesn't perform out in the perimeter. I agree with that. But either is Vooch. He shot 31%. Again, he was no not one, guarded. No one here is arguing with that. Maybe Mark, Mark is arguing He's that. not I can right tell. now. He's a big – yeah, maybe not now, but give him a few seconds. He'll start arguing. All right, Mark, it, are you going to argue that that Vucevic is a better fit for this Bulls team? I think he's a better fit for what our oh, best five is. Come on. Yes, <laughs> come on, Mark. No, 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 this is insane. Now, now we got to go into this. Let me this. tell you. Go look, ahead, Doug. Look. Eat, him, eat him up. But look, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because I've already admitted right. that Gobert is a better player. So you, you just went on a tangent there about how there's people out there saying Vooch is better than at this and that. No, I don't think Vooch is a better player than Gobert. I think you could make an argument that he's maybe a better fit how? next to someone how? like DeRozan, for example, particularly if you're closing games. He's because not, he's, he's a better shooter. He he's doesn't not. operate in the paint the way... He's a, he's a better he's shooter shooting, than Gobert. Look, what are you talking about? I could about? shoot like, 31% he... from the NBA three-point line. 80% of his shots are wide open. I swear Come to you, Mark. Let's, let's be, if we if we want to shoot wide open shots, now. I could shoot over thirty one percent. Like, look, we, we're not going to get bogged down is, by this it's whole not nonsense. nonsense. Like, My that's what he is, shot. That's what he shot. It's integral to what we're doing is, going forward. Year. Like, I, right? Is, yeah. It's not because it's not a one for one trade, and, and, and that's what I'm getting at here. We're, we're, I'm, I'm coming back to the actual trade that's been floating out, not just one that you know Fred's coming up uh, coming up with. The the, the deal that was supposedly uh, reported, uh, let's call it reported loosely, was that it was going to be Vooch, Patrick Williams, and something else. Now, in that case, I don't want to do that deal because it's not necessarily just about Gobert. It's about an opportunity cost as well to it. And, and what I mean by that is I don't necessarily mean... You're, I, I'm not with it that you have to bring back the exact same roster as as there was last season. I think you need to make a decision on Vucevic more generally anyway just due to his contract status. He's got one year, one year left on his deal. If you don't want to bring him back, fine. I don't necessarily think he has to come back, but you have to do something with him. But why does it have to be Rudy Gobert? Like, I guess my point is, and coming back to my earlier point around, should you be paying a center of, you know, a defensive center, a one-way guy like Rudy Gobert, you know, $45 million or whatever it may be in, in one specific season? I mean, can you get someone who is paid maybe 20, 30, 40% of that, that gives you maybe 50, 60, 70% of Rudy Gobert's production? I think that's a fair I, I think thing to question. So if you're going to move your last remaining asset, assets like Patrick Williams and, and uh, you know, Vooch, for someone like Rudy Gobert, what is the opportunity cost to that? Could you go out and get a Miles Turner? Could you sign Mitchell Robinson in the offseason with your mid-level exception? Could you do those sorts of things that aren't going to hemorrhage you so much from a financial perspective yeah. where you can... Mitch, Mitchell Robertson you know, is you not get a some facsimile of what, he's, of, he's, of what Gobert like does. I, 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 do think exactly. cost. I do think your idea of Miles <laughs> Turner is like... So say, Always hurt. I'm going to throw this one out to you, Fred, maybe to both of you. Say you had the option of Vucevic plus 18 for Miles Turner. Instead of trading for Rudy Gobert, would you rather have Turner on his deal, or would you rather trade Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and eighteen and Vucevic for Gobert? I, I would. I'll so I would take the Turner Gobert. deal of those I think two Gobert deals. Is and it's, and it's because better. you don't have the huge contract risk, and it's because you're still keeping the upside of Patrick Williams on your team for yeah. whatever happens after DeRozan leaves, and you're building a of core Patrick around Williams. Io, exactly. Pat, Zach, 
and then Turner at that point is still young enough. Like you now have transitioned into a phase where like, all right, you still have like prime aged players for the next four years to build around. You know, so I would, I'd rather have the Turner deal if it was 18 and Vooch for Turner. I'd rather have that than, than go bear for Pat 18, Kobe and, and, and Vooch. Let me just go back on this one second. Like Mark, you had a statement there that, you know, Vooch is a better fit with the starting five. And, and to me, like, I don't think there's arguably a better player in the league who's a better fit on the defensive end than Rudy Gobert, what we have here. Our two best players are DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. They are both turnstiles on the perimeter. They are not good defenders. And you have a guy that cleans up the mess, who's elite at controlling the paint and creating problems. Like, there's no player in the league that is a better fit on the defensive end. On the offensive end, you want to make that argument, that's fine. I don't agree with it. I think I think Gobert is really – he's a 70% right-around-the-rim shooter. The guy's incredibly efficient. He's fantastic at, at lob. I mean, like, I don't understand why he's, like, getting discounted because the Utah Jazz have been a disappointment in the playoffs. Who's good defensively on the Utah Jazz? It's him and everybody else. He makes that team a top-10 defensive team. And this idea that, like, he can't do that here or he's not as good of a fit – it's like bewildering to me, like how he's discounted as not a good fit in Chicago. Why do we, you keep on making that? How can you say that Vooch is a better fit than than Gobert? I'm not. I'm not discounting Rudy Gobert. You know, a, a three-time defensive player as a defensive player. I'm not discounting it from that perspective. My biggest concern for this Bulls team is on offense. I don't think they really have that much of a problem oh on, on defense, to be honest with you. I'm not that concerned about about Did you their watch defense. The last to me, three months? their offense is my biggest concern. Yes, I watched the last three months. A team that couldn't make a three-point shot. That was the worst three-point shooting team I've seen in a long damn time. Well, he's certainly going to help it a lot more than uh, Rudy Gobert. Vooch was one of your your most um, prolific uh, three-point attempts, guys. You you remove that from the offense. You take away uh, that. You take away Kobe White in your proposed deal. You insert Rudy Gobert. You're closing games with Gobert, Caruso, uh, DeRozan, three non-shooters from the three-point line. Ball of Can we count on on ball at this point? I I don't think we can. You know you can count on? Rudy Gobert. He doesn't get hurt. He's got... That's another quality that I like about him. He, He shows up for every freaking game. Like, I, I'm bewildered at how he's getting discounted as a player. Yeah, he makes a lot of a freaking lot of money because he's I'm great. Discounting him as a defensive player. My point is that the reason why he's so efficient in Utah is because they run like a, a, a spread pick and roll offense whereby, you know, you've got Gobert and Mitchell in the pick and roll as an example, and then you flank them out with shooters. You can't keep anyone on Rudy Gobert when he rolls to the rim because, you know, you're focusing your attention on Donovan Mitchell. In Chicago, that's not going to be the case. You will with tomorrow. You, you know, you're not going to have shooters Utah around have that Rudy Gobert. I mean, Mitchell can't shoot. Yeah, Utah was one of the best shooting. They were number one in offense last season. They were like 50% of their offense was generated from the three-point line. You could they find were the, one of the best shooting teams in, in history. My point is the closing lineup is going to consist of te- uh, players that has no shooting at all. The DeMar uh, Gobert pick and roll is going to be so easily... Uh, you're going to be able to help in on that and dig in on that from, from the wing so easily because, the, you know, someone, you're guarding Caruso on the three-point line. Who, who are you going to, are you going to stay home on Caruso or are you going to dig into that pick and roll and, and, and come home onto, uh, DeRozan and, and Rudy Gobert as he rolls to the rim? I don't think he's going to be as efficient as, a, as an offensive player in Chicago. You're going to use him the exact same way as a pick and roll guy, as mm-hmm. a lob threat, as someone that sets real picks for DeMar. And I'm not discounting that he can't do that. But also, like, Vooch was a really good screener. Like, why are we, yeah. why are we thinking that's... Well, he was. Better you than Gobert? He's not They're better both than good Gobert screeners. screening. Well, I, it, 
He may not be better than yeah. Gobert, but yeah. he's, he's, he's a great He's a great screener, screener and a great rec- recruiter. We got it all with Vooch. He does it all. I understand. <laughs> so, I want his ass out of town. So he's, I, he's declining I guess he's a, Mark, I know you put it this way, so you're looking at the, the Bulls starting five. Let's assume for a moment it is uh, Lonzo, Pat, DeMar, Zach, and Gobert. And that, I guess it wouldn't be Pat, though, now that I think about it, because he's probably now gone in the trade. It wouldn't be Pat. Else. There, I'm probably not a good shooter. So maybe that just killed my whole point before I made it. I don't think you're going to start Caruso at power forward. I think you got to. <laughs> no, no, no. But if, yeah. he would be your, in your closing lineup. Yeah, you, you probably would run. You probably would I mean, run you that four guard. You have lineup. Maybe Io, depending on how he progresses by the end of the season, would be another guy you could do that's going to shoot a little bit better and uh, could potentially close as well. You're not excited by that closing lineup? That's like, to me, I'm at, It's better. way better than we have. I mean, actually, to be fair... Our closing lineup when we had Lonzo in it last year was was pretty great. Actually, just having Lonzo would actually be pretty great. You know, if we if we had a healthy Lonzo this season, I think that would would go a long way to solving a lot of our ills, as as we've noted towards the end of the show, like or end of the season on all our shows. It's just really really struggled without him, and he, he was great at everything we we struggled with. I, I, and look, another another thing to consider as well, like this is an all in trade, and I mean the roster is already top heavy. But you would be making it even more so. And the team doesn't necessarily have a lot of assets to add depth. And, you know, I mentioned three-point shooting as my biggest concern about this team. The other thing that really stood out, you know, watching watching the playoffs, you know, unfold with all these other teams, but specifically coming back to the Bulls in the Bucks series, like the Bulls didn't really have many guys that Billy Donovan could trust out there. It was maybe like three and a half, four guys at most. A lot of, like, you look at the Warriors team, they're, they're so deep. The, the Heat had so many guys coming off the bench. Even the Celtics, they, they faded towards their end, but their bench was really strong. How do you add bench pieces when you sort of give up Patrick Williams, you give up uh, Kobe White, you're giving up a pick, you're giving up those, you know, those last remaining material assets that you have. Like, all you're going to really be left with is your, well, maybe your mid-level exception. It could be, at this point, a taxpayer's mid-level exception, which is smaller. Then you're going to let you left with basically vet minimum um, ex- exceptions to use. It's not a lot of assets to fill out the rest of the roster. So you're really only playing with five five guys. Your depth is going to be challenged. You're going to have no shooting. I, I think you have to think about it more than beyond just Vooch versus Rudy Gobert and it Hold being on a, a one-for-one type swap. That's what you took from that series? Here's what I took from the series. You better have an elite defense if you want to compete for a title. And we're not anywhere remotely close to it. And you know a good way to get elite defense? Acquire the best rim defender in the entire league. I think that's the way to do it. And I am shocked that, like, you would say, I thought that Golden State team, their bench played awful for the most part in that series. And the Celtics bench was a disgrace the last three games. It was a complete joke. Why did they win that series? They won it because of Curry. And who? why did Boston do well? I thought one guy in the team actually played probably above. Jalen Brown, I thought, had a decent series. But why did they struggle? Because those teams were so freaking good defensively. And we got two players that I consider to be above average on a defensive end. Like, I think we need to get exponentially better defensively. And the best way to do that is by bringing this guy in town. And I think, I'm shocked, that more people aren't excited about the idea of a Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Gobert trio as potentially contending in the East. Because if you look at it, you better have a guy to deal with Embiid. Well, you got that if you bring in in, uh, Gobert. And you better have a guy to deal with Giannis. And I think he got that a little bit more so than you're dealing with Vooch. Vooch on Giannis? What a joke that was. I never want to see that series again. Made me sick. What an embarrassment. But guess what? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What do you think the Bulls' defensive rating was? uh, Oh, sorry. The offensive rating was in the first round series against the Bucks? 
their offensive rating? I guess off yeah, the top of my it head, it was 102. Wrong. 94.4. Terrible. Abomination. The worst in the league, if that was to be the case. 94.4. Their, de- their defense was 108.3. Okay. Their defense was okay. 108.3. Not great, not bad. So the, the, the Bulls didn't lose their series against the Bucks because their defense was terrible. It wasn't. 108.3 in the first round was the fourth best defense in the playoffs. The 94.4 offensive rating was the worst in the playoffs by a huge margin. So it's not their defense that but is over the, a problem. Over the season, it's that their wasn't offense. True. Mark. Their defensive rating, their defensive. I know it's not super. I'm focusing on one matchup and one playoffs. We're reflecting you on the. play ball. a different team next year, and that could be a different. Yeah. Outcome. Well, the, their defense. That's the what defense he does, for half Doug. the year that was top 10. Their defense for, for the year was okay, top 10. Okay, what was their offense? I mean, no, they were fully healthy. Over the season, their defense was 22, and their offense was 13. Their offense was also better when they were fully healthy. But their offense was 13th on the season. Their defense was 22nd. Yeah, they were a better offensive team than defensive team over 82 games. And I'm gonna, I would trust that more than I would trust the five-game sample size of the playoffs. With like, <laughs> I know. Well, exactly. like, so we are, but we were referencing I mean, the playoffs there and what, what, what the playoffs is. He's trying to make his lame argument. argument. That's what he's doing. I mean, if you're only going to talk about Giannis, like I, 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 in that Milwaukee series, like everything was an abomination. Like that series was just an abomination. Yeah. Like I just like it was just as was what it was. Like, <laughs> it I didn't take was, nothing. I, I don't even know why I would bring up that series as something that you could learn something from. Like I just don't think there's anything to learn there. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking what about? We learned is that, to learn what we learned is what we already <laughs> knew <laughs> is that without Lonzo, it was completely effed. And with Lonzo, who knows? That's that's what I know. And and, and Gobert would help us a lot. Uh, you know, like in the end, I, I've said this to anyone who listened across the different forums I post on. The Bulls are just in a tough spot. Like they're they're kind of in this like win now approach, yeah. but they're like so far yeah. away from winning now that it's really not practical. But they've already thrown so many assets into the win now approach, or like the let's make ourselves reputable so other people come here approach. That like there's like there's no move other than just like you know like cocaine unicorns and uh, unicorns and hope that we're gonna like just make something happen here. Like we're just so far away. There's no reasonable thing you can do. So it's like, we're now sitting here fighting over all the unreasonable things you could try to make things work. Like there's nothing that they're going to do that really is going to help a lot. Like I would, I'd probably go with Turner over Gobert because I feel like, all right, if I get Turner and I extend him and he's like a mid or mid-level contract guy instead, long-term, and he's a little bit of a both way player, not maybe elite, not definitely not elite on either end, but good on both ends, a little bit of a two way guy. And I now have more youth and I can figure something out over five years instead of trying to figure things out over like two years. Like maybe I like that approach because as soon as you go Gobert, now it's like you've tied up like all your money basically in Zach and Gobert. And then when DeRozan fades off, which probably is like a year or two at most, you're now like stuck with like you really are very yeah. limited as, as to what you can do after that. All right. So let me just let me pull the bus over to the side. I got to roll down the window and yell out to the kids. Hey, guys. The three best players on our team are Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vooch. And, and Mark says our problem is we need more offense. All right, got it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep on going. So I just want to I just want to say, Fred, you think the third best player on the Bulls is Vucevic. Just, that's what you just said. I'm just saying. Everybody's no, telling no me. No one is telling you I that. I don't believe that. No one that. is telling you that. All right, so then that. let's. Mark is telling so this, me that. That's the, what he did. Yeah, <laughs> you think, you think Vucevic, saying, Mark, right? just. You, in a moment of seriousness here, you think Vucevic is better than Lonzo Ball? Yes. Oh my God, I, I don't I don't even know you anymore. 
know you anymore. I mean, I do know you because I knew you. I knew you Who like are you, I just, Mark? I just don't. I just don't understand how you could think that. Like, just, I just really don't. I really oh don't. my like, god! How about Caruso? Is Caruso better than? Vooch? I would take Caruso over Vooch. So today, would I. right now today, I would take Caruso yeah. over Vooch as well. No, no. I take I over him. No. How do you like that, Mark? What do you think of that? Yeah, <laughs> that's not a surprise. Yeah, of course you would. You're an the Illinois. The three most smartest what people I know covered the team are myself, Will, and Doug. Two out of three want this trade to happen. So, Doug, please reconsider, <laughs> right? right? There we go. All right, let's move on to other topics. And can we just get on this for a second, too? Like, I want to hear what you guys feel about trading this this pick. Like, do you feel if you could trade this pick for a rotation player this year who's going to help us get better, would you do it? Yes, or no, and why? We'll start out with you, Doug. And How we'll long is the rotation player going to be here for? Three years. Three years. Two, three years. Yeah. Yes. Then, then absolutely. Like, I mean, the 18th pick is like a 50-50 whether the guy is going to ever help you. And, you know, if he does, he's going to help you three years from now. And the, the Bulls are, like, like I said, they're positioned everything to try and do well in the short term. And so... Yeah, I just don't think the 18th pick is that much of an asset. I would be willing to trade it for a guy who helps me for two to three. Say you- no, I, I agree as well. And like, there's some players that interest me at number 18, but how many of these guys are going to step into the, to next season's team and, and really help the team? You know, I was amazing last season for for most part, but obviously he didn't really help towards the, uh, the you know, when things, towards the end of the season, when you know the playoffs came around, even the last month of the season, it was tough for him. I think you could assume the same thing will happen for another rookie incoming into the into into the team as well. You can't just necessarily depend on younger guys when it matters. The Bulls are kind of all in right now. Like you may only have this might be the last season they have at really competing in uh, in like, I say that in quotes, but like beyond next season, like what what is this team going to be? So with that in mind, I can understand why someone would want to keep the pick because you maybe don't believe in this DeRozan, Vucevic, Levine thing winning many games. But at the same time, it's the number 18 pick. Like, what is this dude going to dude gonna do materially to sway the balance of your roster going forward? So I, I would be definitely be looking to trade this pick to, to get a ready-made guy to come in right now. As I sort of alluded to before, this team just doesn't have a lot of depth. If you can get someone a surefire thing at number 18 where you can be confident they can perform then fine. But I don't know if that's if that type of player exists. So I would be certainly be looking to move this pick for a guy that can come in now, help the immediate team, preferably can help the immediate team and the team that comes thereafter. But if not, even a player that helps over the next two years, fine, let's do it. We've committed this far. We've gone this far. Let's, let's keep going. If you keep this 18th overall pick and you, know, you, you want to grow with them, it's completely not congruent with the idea uh, that Acme, the plan that Acme has put forward. They traded two first-rounders and Wendell Carter Jr. for Vooch. They trade a first-rounder for DeMar DeRozan. How is this congruent that we want to hold on to an 18th overall pick so he might be good in mm-hmm. three years? What, 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 where's the sense in that? We already have enough young players. Yeah. We got Williams, we got Kobe, we have Io, and we have uh, Ball, all under 25. That's four good young players that our ceiling can be determined by. Why are we acting like we need to hold on to this or else we're going to be lost without it? Give me a break. The chances of this being a rotation player in three years, I think are it's more likely than it's not going to be a rotation player. That's what my tweet was the other day where I highlighted the last 18 players. The point is it's not – the moronic answers I got to that tweet are mind-boggling. That was a terrible It was swing. not a terrible swing. I pointed out – no, it was a very good tweet. I pointed out that there's – at 18 <laughs> – a lot of players in the last seven years have not been good. 
In fact, I think there was only one really good, decent player. Uh, and so my point is, it's difficult to find a elite player at 18. Do you know how many players in the, in the All-NBA, how many players do you think were picked in the top uh, after uh, 15? In the in the first-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA, third-team All-NBA, without looking it up, how many players this year were picked after 15? I no idea. Two. Jokic and... Uh, Giannis? No, no, no. Giannis was 15. 15. 15. 15. So I said after 15. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler didn't make it. It was uh, uh, Siakam. Siakam. Oh, it was right. Siakam and uh, were the only two guys that were not picked, I think, in the top 10 outside of Giannis, who uh, was picked 15th. Oh, no. And then Booker. Booker was like 11th or 12th, I think. So the point is, it's like it's hard to find star players at that position. So let it go. Let's get a rotation player in before we wrap this up or get into the finals. I do want to get in that before we wrap up the show. On Kobe White. So Kobe White, I think, has been universally panned out of these young players because, you know, he was drafted by the previous group. Um, I'd argue Kobe White has shown more in his time here than any of these guys, with the possible exception of Io. Uh, Do you think it's a mistake if we're just going to give him away for, like, you know, a second-round pick? or what, What do you feel about Kobe White and his position on this team going forward? We'll start with you, Mark, and I'll go to you, Doug. Well, I mean, Kobe's not long for Chicago. I keep trying to tell you this, but like, they're going to re-sign Zach to a massive deal in the offseason. They've already got Lonzo Ball locked up on a big deal. Caruso's here for another three seasons on a reasonable deal. You've got Io, who's going to be expiring at the same time as Kobe, who the Bulls presumably would prefer to keep, given his two-way uh, effectiveness compared to Kobe. Where, where does Kobe fit in the scheme of things? So, like, even if you like Kobe as a player, it just comes down to um, understanding where your roster is at and and the way they're potentially going to sort of fix this thing from a, a you know assigning money, let's say. So, from that perspective alone, the the cap uh, machinations of this whole thing, like Kobe isn't long for Chicago. So, whatever they get for him will be a plus because it it, it doesn't seem like they're going to keep him anyway. They don't want to pay him. I can't imagine they want to pay him. Uh, I can't imagine the uh, the Reinsdorf's going deep into the tax for Kobe White of all players. So Kobe's going to get traded at some point, whether it's at this offseason, whether it's at the deadline, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a similar situation to Larry Markman, whereby he plays out his four years to sign and trade in the in, you know, next offseason. But Kobe's not part of the long-term plan. So I, I, whenever you reference all these bull, young players that the Bulls have under 24 or 25 years of, years of age, I, I, it's irrelevant to even quote Kobe at that point, because he's not going to be here beyond next season. I pre- I feel so confident about that, and he's just not a player that's going to be here. So let's let's not forget about him because he can still add value to the, the team, as assuming he remains on it. But uh, in terms of long term pieces, he isn't one. Doug, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one thing out here, which I think people have missed. Name two players that are the same age on this team, both free agents at the end of. This season, and both our guards, Kobe and Io. Kobe and Io. So everyone is like, I, I "Oh, Io is going to be here forever. <laughs> like we can count on him. We're not going to pay Kobe, but we're yeah. going to pay Io, even though he also yeah. could get a weird contra- poison pill contract offer because yeah, we yeah, only yeah. have early bird rights. Like usually, when you're tracking how much a player is going to improve and how much potential they have left in the tank, age is a more accurate indicator than years in the league." Kobe and Io being the same age and and should be viewed as kind of similar prospects overall mm-hmm. at this point. Agreed. Like, it, would it shock you if Kobe White came and had a better season than Io next year? No. And if he does, and they're both free agents, and you have better matching rights on on Kobe, 
you could easily end up keeping Kobe of those two guys. Like, so I'm not saying you're wrong, Mark. I'm just saying like, I don't like people put IO in this different bucket than Kobe. And I think that's where I say this is wrong. These are two guys. They're the same age. They're both going to be free agents at the end of this year. They're, we're going to have some matching rights on both of them. Uh, it may be the case that IO doesn't get an offer so big that the poison pill thing comes up. It, it may be fine. But I, I guess I would just say like, there's risk with both of those guys leaving and you should approach this season going like, we want to keep the one that's better. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't like, I would probably guess IO is better for what we want to do because he's a more two way player, better defender. He's he, a way better, defender. better defender. Yeah. And, and probably even though generally age is a better indicator than years in the league, it's still three to one. And that's like enough years difference that it, like IO probably still has a little bit more to over, you know, a little bit bigger jump because of that. Well, he's old, he's older than Kobe still. though, Doug. IO's older. Yeah, but he's like, it's like two months older. They're effectively yeah. the same age. Yeah. Um, so, so like, I, I guess I think there's like a chance you got to look at that situation is like, neither of those guys are for sure here. Neither of them are for sure gone. I think the bulls are going to commit to one of them and they'll probably commit to the one that plays better. And while I think that's probably IO, like I would say that's like a, like a two third, one third, probably not a like 90, 10 scenario or something like that. I'm at 90, 10. I'm at 90, 10. If, if for no other reason that one guy was drafted by the current organization, uh, the current management group, and the other guy wasn't. Here we like, go. That, that matters. Here we go. That, if that, that matters, not, then our GMs suck. I'm not shitting on guard packs here. If that, no, if that matters, our GMs suck. If they look well, at it I and mean, they that, say, that's like, that's the case with we, most GMs. If it does, it, but that, it's, it's like one of those things, like, if you're making millions of dollars a year and you don't understand sunk cost syndrome, then you're a f***ing moron. And you should be fired. <laughs> like, you, like it's like such a stupid thing. It's like, like if you just don't understand good decision making. It's a good or smart thing. I'm so just like, saying. Yeah, and I'm just saying like I'm hoping situation. that these guys are good enough that I don't have to worry about them being idiots. Like, if, like no, I should count on our gems to not make dumb decisions. I really based on their enjoyed the show. This bus if, ride if has I been can't, great. If I can't count on our GMs to not be idiots, then I'm, we have like such bigger problems than Kobe versus IO. So I just hope that you're wrong and that our GMs don't have sunk cost fallacy in their heads and can like emotionally segregate someone they picked from someone someone else picks. And like, it's probably the guy they picked will be the better decision anyway. Like we agree with that, but if it's not, they shouldn't be like, well, Carpax picked this guy. Exactly. F him. Like if that, if that's actually what happens, I'm, I'm like saying, Jesus, I'm that's saying so if bad. all other variables are equal, it, like their contract, their play this season they're obviously coming up at the, for a new deal at the same time if all things are equal it's within human nature for anyone but all things are not going to be equal they took. all things know, will not I'm be saying, equal i'm just saying there's zero percent chance to... that all things are going to be equal i will bet you, <laughs> well, you i'll bet you before i will bet you any amount of money you want any amount of money you want that at the end of the season you will be able to say pretty conclusively one of these guys was better than the other you will not yeah, go. You will it's not go into the end of the season and say, "Well, all things were equal." It's going to come down. To, like you won't <laughs> say that. One of them is going to be better, and we should keep the better one. Yes, I agree. I didn't say otherwise. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. 